Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's time once again for Mother Angelica Answering the Call. It's a weekly radio program that highlights Mother's spiritual insights and compassion when dealing with questions that troubled her callers to her live show over the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, joined as always by my co-host, EW10 chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great be with you again, Father. And always good to be with you, Doug, and to hear some more of Mother's insights into people's problems and issues. So a couple of topics. We must obey God in all things, clearly. We don't all have the gift of tongues, certainly from the charismatic renewal. That came up a lot. Ask Jesus and Mary to be your friend. That sounds like good advice. Mm -hmm. And up first, how can I accept hard circumstances? Mm. Now, that is hard. And this is a tough one here. But we can always turn our suffering into an act of love that it can help us to grow in compassion for others. Everybody's carrying a cross. Often we don't see the cross they're carrying, but everyone in some way has some suffering in their own life, so it can help us to be more compassionate and understanding. And you know, one of our own friar priests, he lost his father to cancer when his dad was just in his 40s. He loved him very much. But it certainly must have had an effect on him thinking about the realities of life and what really matters, and perhaps was something that inspired him to his own priestly and Franciscan vocation. I think one of the things that jumps out at me, uh, the person here talks about because of the two different uh, situations that happened that Mother talks to them about, is that, you know, the fact that I've been a good person, that Mm -hmm. idea of how could this be happening to me, and Mm -hmm. this world we live in today, a certain amount of the health and wealth gospel, if you're doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. you know, you should just be blessed, and if these things bad are happening to you, you must be doing something wrong. Yeah, and so we look to Jesus, right? That's what Mother points out here. He was the innocent one. He was the perfect man, and yet he underwent all of this. Why? For love of us. So it's the same thing that we can do with our own sufferings, united to Christ, of course. That's what gives them a value. We can turn them into an act of love, as the message of Fatima teaches us, an act of love for God, an act of love for others, for the conversion of sinners, for example. Right, and that's one of the great insights, I think, of the Catholic Church, the idea of that redemptive suffering, Mm -hmm. that idea that this is not wasted. If these things are happening in your life, you can offer those things up. And there are also ways for yourself Mm -hmm. to improve your own spirituality. Yeah, a woman who had cancer thought that, she told me that she thought that was mother's great teaching, how to suffer well, how to suffer with faith, how to make an offering of it. That's right. How can I accept hard circumstances? We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. And where are you from? New York. (laughs) And what is your question? Well, um, I'm 15 years old, and two years ago, when I was 13, my my father, who I had a very special relationship with, passed away, and um, after that, my mother remarried someone who I adore. He's a really wonderful man, and recently, we found out that he has cancer, and I've always been taught to just accept what happens in your life and realize that it was something that God has planned for you, but sometimes I have trouble with the fact that I try to be a good person like all of my life and and these horrible things seem to happen and I've always wondered why 
And I thought that maybe you could give a little bit of insight into that. Well, sweetheart, I don't think anybody can say why. Oh, we know some why things, you know. People are bad, they do bad things. People are lustful, they do lustful things. People are, are uncouth and rude, and sometimes they, they offend us by word, by deed, by lies. Uh, they take away our, our self-respect, and there are just so many things people do. And, and they do these to innocent people. But who was the most innocent of all? Huh? The Lord. If I were God, thank God I'm not, I would have just forgiven everybody. Wouldn't that have been easy? To look down and see you miserable wretches. I'm going to forgive you now. No, we didn't do that. They waited centuries and centuries. And then in a certain time, he sent who? An angel? No. His son. Now we don't know, we, we because we are so faulty and weak and sinful, we don't know what it means to be holy like Jesus is holy, infinitely holy, God-man. And he, had, he was born in a staple, unjust. Should not the rabbis and the, the doctors of the law come and, in procession with candles and trumpets? They just. Then he had to run from a king who was jealous and ambitious. Wrong again, but he ran. He came back subject to a carpenter and marry his mother. The creator of all, intelligence itself, subject to two holy that they were. If you look at his passion, which we will begin to look at soon, the most beautiful, the most holy God-man had to suffer the most awesome indignities by the hands of men. Why? Because he loved us. You see, today we don't understand that kind of love. Today, love is supposed to make you happy. Kind of short-lived, though. And we have all kind of problems. Love is supposed to make you feel good. That's short-lived, too. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so many divorces. When children come, parents are supposed to be bound together. Instead, many persecute, abort kill, mutilate, unjust. But God allows these things to happen to us. He does not ordain them. But he allows them to happen for our greater good. Our greater good. Hard to understand, huh? If you forgive, sweetheart, 
from your heart and go your way. And, and know that your dignity comes from the reality that God created you, decided that you would be before time began. In your mother's womb, he knit you together and brought you forth to know him and to love him and to accept the trials of this life like he did. Always giving it to his father. You give it to Jesus. And there will come upon you a peace and a joy you've never had before. Next up, we have another call. We must obey God in all things. That seems pretty straightforward, no? It does, but we know that's not the history of the world, right? That there are dictators and tyrants who want to rob people of being really human because the most basic human right that we have, fundamental freedom we have, is a freedom of conscience. And so no one has a right to impose upon that. You know, I was speaking with uh, the postulator of Pope John Paul II's cause, and right. he and I and Father Mitch were having a conversation. And Father Mitch had gone to Poland, actually, in 1979. He said it seemed like it, everything was gray. It was colorless. People wouldn't talk to each other. But then Pope John Paul comes, and the faith gets revived. And he says later when he went there, people were talking with other. other there was a, a beauty that had entered into the world because of Christ. Right, absolutely. And and I thought what's also interesting on a different part of this discussion where the person talks about, uh, you know, some of the issues they're dealing with, but also the idea that they love the network because there's always something new uh, mm -hmm. and exciting. And even going back to going on pilgrimage with Bob and Penny Lord. <laughs> yeah, a very happy memory. Right, absolutely. And that we've revived that series too with a new open and so on to make it uh, even more interesting and I know a lot of uh, the guys who come to visit us, too, that they've learned about the saints, you know, through Bob and Penny Lord and just details of their lives. Well, those were two who obeyed God in all things. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Uh, my name is Barbara. Okay. And I'm from Stewartsville, New Jersey. All right. And I did miss you very much. I'm Thank glad you. you're back. Good, thank and Mother, you. your show has been so tremendous. I mean, I get up every day. I can't wait because there's something new every day. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I go on pilgrimage and I see Bob and Penny Lord and I'm here and I'm there. I can't even do my work anymore. Thank you, Jesus. But I wanted to ask you, my husband has been diligently waiting for this answer. He wanted me to call you many times. He was baptized in the Catholic Church and due to whatever circumstances, his mother changed the religion and they became Baptists. He then uh, stopped going to the Catholic Church where never received his communion nor his confirmation. Now my son-in-law is taking instructions and in coming into the church who was never baptized or anything of the other sacraments. But now I see that my husband, he's been going to church with me quite regularly, but he refrains from becoming, coming really into the church to the rest of the sacraments only because when his mother died, I was there, I was present. She begged him, right minutes before she died, not to become a Catholic. And oh. I stood there in astonishment. I couldn't believe my ears. And I always thought that she never really accepted me, and I knew then why. So he feels that he wants to know, if he did come into the church fully, 
would he be hurting his mother in any way with the promise that he made her? I think it bothers him very much, but I think also he would like to come in. I'll hang up and wait for your answer. Thank you so much, Mother Angelica. Thank you. Well, he cannot honor that request in the first place because uh, obedience is legitimate only when it gives a legitimate order or demand. And no one uh, can say to you, please promise you will not enter the church. You see, that's a terrible thing. We hope when she saw Jesus, she was repentant. And, and if she's in purgatory, um, she may be there until he comes into the church. We don't know that. And I know some of you are not going to like what I just said. But that's okay. That's my humble opinion. But you see, uh, first of all, he's not obliged to obey that. Because to have the light to, to come into the church and not do it because your mother said no. See, she has no right to say that. And he has a perfect right not to obey that. My poor mother had a, a royal Italian fit when I left the convent, left for the monastery. My entire family, I understand, could be heard down the street. And I knew, I knew when I left that none of them liked it. They would be very angry and very upset. But we must obey God above all things. See? And to be called into the church is a great, great grace. And I feel that he should come home. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of the program, Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph, Mary Wolf, and myself, Doug Keck. Our topic leading off the second part, Father, mm -hmm. is we don't all have the gift of tongues. Not something you hear as much about anymore. Not so much today. I like very much how Mother speaks about a charism. And it's something that is given to build up the body of the church, as St. Paul says. So that's the reason for any gifts, whether it's a gift of tongues, whether it's a gift of healing, whatever it might be, it's to build up the body of the church. And you know, Sister Breeze McKenna, she talked about this benign tumor that she had that was causing her eye to twitch. And, well, she had the gift of healing. Why wasn't she healed? Hmm. Well, she was, but it was through the instrumentality of doctors, which is the ordinary way in which God will bring healing to people. So I think sometimes these gifts, as Mother brings out, they're not for that person's individual needs, but as a gift to the church. And also I think the emphasis there that it's a gift 
and the fact if one person has this gift, as they, as St. Paul talks about, the many different gifts in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, it's you're not special because you happen to get this gift versus mm-hmm. that particular gift, or can I trade my gift for another? <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, and like you said, it's designed to help the body of Christ. It's not mm-hmm. designed to make you more special or right. indicate that you're more loved by God. And, you know, St. Paul, I just came across this recently, he mentions administration as a gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so we need those people who can keep things in order and keep the network going, too, and all of the time constraints and all the things that we have. So there's different gifts that we have, but it's always to build up the body of the church. Absolutely. And you were a great administrator. Let's see. <laughs> we don't all have the gift of tongues, however. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Georgia. And what is your question? I have a real strong curiosity about the gift of speaking in tongues. Mm. I hear it on the other television channels when I'm flipping through, and they they seem to use it real loosely, and I'm wondering how you get the gift or who who gets it and why don't all of us have it. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Well... St. Paul says, if you don't have somebody to interpret what you're saying, keep quiet. (laughs) I think sometimes, uh, and I'm not criticizing all the charismatics in the world, uh, but I think we're too wrapped up. First of all, what is a charism? Hmm? I have a charism. The Lord has given me the ability to speak to you, to speak on the air. I'm not afraid. I hope you like it. If you don't, you can always turn your dial. Okay? <laughs> so I don't have any fear. Now, ordinarily, people, they, they stiffen up. I had had people on the Wednesday night show, one in particular, and uh, I said, you have a very dangerous... Uh, Work, yes. <laughs> I said, uh, are you afraid? No. <laughs> I mean, he froze. Just froze. <laughs> so I know, I know I have that gift, and I try to use it for you. Okay? We call that a charism. A charism is a gift that God gives people for other people. It's not for you to show off. I was at a charism- I gave a talk at a charismatic convention one time, and I heard two people talking. And one said, "I gift. I got the gift of tongues. What do you got?" <laughs> says, "I'm working on healing." I said, "That's not the right way. I don't think a charism. Even if you have the gift of teaching, is that not a charism?" Some people couldn't teach. They couldn't teach anything. And very brilliant people, they say, have a hard time teaching because they understand everything quickly. They don't have patience with the rest of us dummies, you know? So, but it is a charism to teach. It's a charism to be a doctor and really have compassion. Don't you notice the difference? You go to a doctor, he looks at you, he diagnoses you, $50, please, out. <laughs> but if you have someone says, now, what's wrong? 
and sit down with you and listen. He says, well, I think I, I think I can help you. Now, isn't that different? One has a charism, see? Now, the charisms in the scripture, tongues, prophecy, and all the rest, are only for other people. They're not for you in particular. They're for other people. That's the word charism. What St. Paul says to go for the higher gifts, doesn't he? Huh? The higher gifts. Faith, hope, love. The seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts that make me holy, humble, loving, compassionate. The gifts that make me like Jesus. Now you say, why don't we all have it? I don't think we all need it. If you believe in the Eucharist, especially today, and you can go in my chapel, our chapel, or anybody else's church where he's really present, and you're aware of that presence, and you can fall on your knees in worship and adoration, that is a greater gift. And closing out this week's show, we have a caller talking about the idea of asking Mary and Jesus to be your friend and Mother's advice on that. Yes, so we can lose people, and we do lose people that we're very close to. Um, here we have no lasting city, the letter to the Hebrews says. And you know, the foundress of the poor clays of perpetual adoration, her name was Mother Marie of St. Clair. And uh, she had a romantic uh, life looking to possibly get married, and then that didn't happen. And I think a second time she got disappointed. And she finally said, I wanted a love I can't be separated from. And she felt this call to found the what would become the Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration dedicated to thanksgiving for the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. She came to discover that love we can't be separated from. Exactly, and Mother talks about that the, the idea of suffering and that loss and, and how great Jesus can be there for you, and certainly the Blessed Mother has helped many, many people mm -hmm. w with the loss of their mother. Certainly we know uh, Pope St. John Paul II, how close he was to the Blessed Mother with the loss of his mother early on. Mm -hmm. But I also thought it was interesting that Mother made the reference, she called it the T-berry dance. I was wondering <laughs> if she was talking about the old T-berry shuffle from the uh, the gum commercial. <laughs> Yes, and Mother herself grieved when her mother died and when Sister Raphael died. She grieved, and yet not without hope. That's Absolutely. what St. Paul teaches us. That's why you should ask Jesus and Mary to be your friend. Well, we have a call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Florida. And what is your question? Well, Mother Angelica, I'm not mad. I'm very sad What's because that? I lost my mother two weeks ago. I'm sorry. And, and I just miss her so much. And I don't know if I can live without her. She was really unique. She wasn't just my mother. She was my friend. I never experienced this in my whole life. Can you help me, please? Well, it's hard. It's hard. 
But you see, you have to see the wonderful divine will of God. Maybe Jesus wants you to consider him as your dearest friend. Huh? Why don't you go to your next Catholic church and it doesn't matter if you're Protestant or Catholic or not, just go and sit there, he's there. And say, Lord, I find this very hard. I don't know what to do without my mother. And, and I think you can't help that pain and sorrow. Only time does that. But you can help and keep yourself from being in despair. Maybe you depended on your mom a little bit too much, huh? You think so? And this is deep suffering. And you can offer this suffering. Don't let it waste. Give it for people who are going to have abortions and maybe the Lord will use that suffering, that loneliness, that sense of loss to keep someone from having an abortion, keep a priest being a priest and not leaving the priesthood, keep these children that are in, in satanic worship or drug abuse and just everything. To use it, don't waste it. But then you need to go to Jesus and say, Lord, I depended on my mother too much, and now I, I have no place to go and I don't have a friend. Will you be my friend, Jesus? Will you be my friend? And he will. He will. And you can always remember her, but you have to look at Jesus. You know, we, we miss people, we should. You can't go around doing a tea berry dance because your mother died. But you cannot let it possess you, okay? We're gonna say Hail Mary just for you. Hmm? And ask Jesus and Mary to be your friends. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners now and of our death. Amen. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.